we never talked about the fact that one time I was, one time me and Emily were getting home and this big ass truck pulls in behind us and a guy gets out and is just like, "Eh, she took my car. Have you seen this car driving through this neighborhood? And I'm like, no, we don't. And he's like, I live in Mississippi and she took my car and she lives here now. I'm like, okay. Where is here, sir? I just want my truck back. And I'm like, Bubba, calm down. Bubba, back up. I understand you want the truck back. We have never seen this truck nor hide nor high tail of this truck has appeared. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It's time. It's time, it's time for a load. And I'm talking about a load, children. A load of BS. That's right, a load of BS. The greatest show on the planet. Featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I'm talking about he. Tippy. Tippy, L-A-K-A. It's Blake. Tanner. Yes, right, it's me, old Blake Tanner, the prospector. I'm the guy that came up with the Mountain Dew. It'll tickle your innards, just like me. My, <laughs> and my name's Erd. Erd, thank you for introducing me to the Ash Santa Claus. I'm, I'm Santa. I'm also a pirate. And this is the energy we have for this show today. Let me tell you something, Santa Pirate. I'm not looking forward to the rest of the night. Oh, it's perfectly fine. It's going to be bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that's Scotty Moore. Hello. We've been joshing you. We're just... <laughs> We're just goofing. We're just doing some new boot goofing here on the show. Yeah, we're trying something new where we just kind of like screw with our audience. <laughs> it's no, they say bring your best every episode because you never know it could be someone's first. And if this is someone's first episode, oh, you got fucked up. You got fucked up on the pick there. Yeah, apologize on that one. Although this is probably what fifty percent of our episodes are like. Yeah, if you listened before episode one hundred. We're so sorry. <laughs> We're so sorry for what you heard. At one point, they're like, I thought this was a theater podcast. It's like, what happened with this podcast? This, this, they were doing bad movies one week, and then they talked about other things? Yeah. And they read some shit? They just read books one week. Not out loud, either. It was just two live cameras going as they read Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. They didn't even read the good version with all the uh- sex in it. I will say, have you um have you seen the trailer for the VR Pen and Teller game? There's a VR Pen and Teller game. Yes, and so you know, of course, of the Sega CD Pen and Teller game that was uh, famously gave out. What was it? Virtual Bus. What was the bus game where you just drove a bus to Las Vegas and it forced you to watch the entire thing? It was, um, Desert Bus. Desert Bus. Well, they have an updated version of Desert Bus in the form of something that's going to take a long time and not have much payoff. And it's a VR experience where you go to Penn Gillette's, um, Penn Gillette's apartment and you sit on his couch. 
And then you look down at your hands, and in your hands is a copy of Moby Dick. And then you read Moby Dick. And that's the game. That's the whole game is you read Moby Dick. The best part is um, about halfway through when Penn and Teller actually, like, come into the apartment. And you no. think, oh, God, they're about to do, like, some magic stuff, and they've finally done it. And then they, like, see that you're in Penn's apartment and beat the shit out of you. No, no, no. I prefer the idea they walk into the apartment and they're like, hey, hey, we're ready. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were reading. And then they just leave. And that was it. And Teller's there, like, he's got this big smile, and he just, like, wordlessly frowns. And then, like, all the cards in his hand just disappear into the floor. It's like, whoa, how'd that happen? Oh, it's a VR game, that's right. There is one where you, um, they you do the bullet catch, which they're famous for doing. And you're inside Teller's mouth. I don't like that. So he just, you, I mean, but some people are really gonna like it, Blake. As you stand, sit in a man's mouth as he munches on some bullets for a few. Is it like a mini game where you just don't get munched like the bullets? Yeah, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't munch bullets. Oh, so, how's your week been, buddy? I moved. Yeah! And, I'm in uh, a new place right now, you can't see it, because where is it? It's in the abyss. I was fixing to say, for the Twitch viewers or YouTube watchers, Blake does appear to just be in the darkness. My home is in the quantum realm. <laughs> this is what you get for watching Marvel movies all day, is now you're just like, I'm a fucking nerd! I know, I did watch. I did just watch Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, because I... I we could have started doing this earlier, but I just wanted to delay the inevitable. Yeah, because after this, I'm going to force you to sit down and watch a real, real garbage-ass film. Yeah, which one is it? Oh, we're watching Ghost Rider. The hit film Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage is the Ghost Rider. The first one? Yeah, where the boy has um the boy has a skull instead of a face, and it's on fire. Yeah. Okay. We should watch the second one sometime, too. It's horrible. Yeah, we'll just... We'll go through the whole series. Ghost Rider 1, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, Ghost Rider, um... <laughs> Apocalypse. <laughs> Ghost Rider Apocalypse, Ghost Rider Thunder Down Under, where he goes to Australia. And Ghost he has Rider... To... Uh, 3D Drive Angry. <laughs> and Ghost Rider, uh... Ghost Rider X, where he goes to space. Yes! Did that? That's one of those things that I saw as a kid, and I'm like, "Oh, that makes sense." Jason goes to space. Now, as an adult, it's the most buck wild thing of all time. It's like they just kind of ran out of places to go, and like once they got to him in space, I don't remember how that movie ends, but I assume he's not in space anymore because that's just the best way to deal with Jason. Yeah, I do like Salt... Now, I, I mean, not everybody hates Ghost Rider, because Salty Frank in our chat goes, I love that movie. He has a motorcycle that turns into a ghostly fire motorcycle. But old Ghost Rider has a horse, because horse and motorcycle are the same. Yep, horse is just uh, old-style motorcycle. Horse is just old motorcycle. If you if you have a motorcycle long enough, it'll eventually grow into a horse that you have to keep and feed for a long time. Yep. That's why they call um that shit just like Yeah, that's the that's the vroom vroom horse. That's the vroom vroom horse. 
I, I named my horse Vroom Vroom. Why? Well, he used to be my, my Harley Davidson. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Turn my motorcycle into a horse. Okay, now Frank also brings up quite possibly the greatest film crossover of all time, because he just suggests a film where Ghost Rider has a segue. But Blake, I'd like to suggest that, you know, the Ghost Rider, his, um, his spiritual form can be passed from person to person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can do that. Like the Santa Claus. And I, yeah, and I can't wait for Ghost Rider 3 Mall Cop, where Paul Blart kills the Ghost Rider and assumes his form and now has to take over the mall using his uh, spectral visage. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I piss fire. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a kid who's, like, pissing on the DDR machine. And he just runs up and immediately sucks his soul out. He's just like, let me see your pain. What? Why? Why? He tears his spine out, and he just wipes up the piss with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna wipe up your own piss with your own skull. Because I'm Ghost Rider, bitch. Mm-hmm. Ghost Rider's a janitor, I guess. Ghost Rider? No, no, no. That's what it is. He pulls out the spine. The kid's mm-hmm. got, like, long, wavy hair, because it's also the 80s. Mm-hmm. He takes the spine, shoots it all together to form, like, the handle, and then starts mopping up with the kid's head. Okay, there we go. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> this show's become the Frank show, because Frank's just here giving, giving heaters, because he goes, Blake blew my mind saying, the, like the Santa Claus... Because now they are in the same universe. Tim Allen handles shitty kids with coal, and Nicolas Cage then goes on to burn the kids into the coal that are then given to more shitty kids. There we go. That's how you know you're being shit. Because you that's the warning. You'll, you'll soon turn into it. Does this mean that every like mythological figure can just be like, you can become them by killing them? Yeah, dude, I killed Loki like years ago. Oh, is that why I've got the big hammer now? Yeah, dude, that's me and you. We're Loki and and um and uh and Fjorg. Loki, Lo- well, Loki is spelled L O W K E Y. Yes, I'm famed pro wrestler Loki, and you're the Undertaker now. I'm just the Undertaker. I did kill the Undertaker. It's very tragic. Now, I know this is more of a Fight Boys discussion, but did you see the video WWE posted where, for years, the one thing people have wanted to see is The Undertaker versus Sting, and it was just a video of them saying, it's never gonna happen, fuck off, and that was it. It's like, you brought it up. Yeah. (laughs) Why did you bring it up just to tell us no? You proposed it, you asshole, please. You did this. Uh, but... Blake, we've been talking about shitty kids. Yeah. And I'm thinking about a real shitty kid right now. Okay. A shitty kid. Actually, I don't know if the kid's that shitty, but his dad's a real fucking piece of work. Because approximately four years ago, he took his child out of school to begin training him to become a professional Fortnite player, and oh my god, is this a movie or is this a fucking movie? Has Fortnite been around for that long? Here, hold on. Uh, 
the problem I'm seeing right now is the fact that I'm trying to log into the Boston Globe website and they're not letting me do it. They're like, no, you're not allowed to wa- look at the good, good article on the, on the child who is being ruined by his father. But, okay. yeah, apparently the dad, the dad thinks he's a genius because he was like, I predicted that people would want Pac-Man and Yu-Gi-Oh on their socks because he owns a company that prints like nerdy shit onto socks and stuff. And he's like, I predicted it. It's like, okay, buddy, we all saw Big Bang Theory when it came out. Yeah, we know. I mean, professional video game playing has been a thing for more than five years. So, yeah. Yeah. So, what's our film here? Do we do we focus on the dad, which is going to be a real sad movie, or do we focus on the kid? I think the kid's going to be a real sad one, too, but I think we should focus on him. Okay. It's going to start, like, our trailer is going to start out, and it's going to be the kid in bed, and, like, he's laying down, and you hear, like, this... That one piano, like, note that plays at the beginning of every suspenseful but sad movie. And he says, I remember what it was like before I had to play every day. Something fun. And then all of a sudden, like, the computer screen blinks on. And then he has, yep. (laughs) There it is. Had to pop that bad boy in there. And then the door opens and the dad says, it's time. And the kid gets up, and he's covered in chains and shit. And he says, it's time to release you. And then, like, he breaks the chains, and the dude turns into, um, Freakazoid. Oh, no! He's the Freak Boy now! Can this just be a sleeper Freakazoid movie? Oh my god, yeah. I think we've already made a Freakazoid movie in recent episodes, so oh. could it instead be a Freakazoid movie? That could it be a Freakazoid movie? No. Could it be that the dad has never played a video game in his life? He's doing it because he sees it as like the next step, but he's never gotten into it himself. So it's more worrying about the kid, about the kid, about the kid, until one day he walks in and the kid's body is gone. And he gets down in front of the screen, and it says, press start, Jumanji. <laughs> I think that we've already done, they're doing another one. They are doing another one, and The Rock has to play Danny DeVito, and it's my favorite fucking thing on the planet. Can we just have The Rock playing Danny DeVito in our movie? Like, the dad jumps in, and it's... The Rock playing Danny DeVito as the dad. The dad is now Danny DeVito. Oh, I wasn't going with the dad getting sucked in. I was going in a gamer situation where the son... Actually, I don't like the son having to put having to put faith in the dad because that's, that's what he's done, and now he's gotten kicked out of school and is playing Fortnite all the fucking time. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It strained their relationship, so now the son is doing it as a job. It's Matilda with Fortnite! (laughs) It's fucking Matilda with Fortnite! Instead of, like, instead of the kid getting sucked into the game, he gets, like, crazy mind powers and he sucks his dad into a game that he designs to torture him. No, 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 now this is sounding like that shitty fishing movie. Oh, shit, I forgot about the shitty fishing movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Could it instead be more of a um, almost like a it, no, not misery, not misery, carry a carry situation where the sun slowly develops like mind powers and he can control everything in the world with the controller. And now it's like bright burn, but with a child. Yeah. So he just starts turning his dad's life upside down and starts killing people indiscriminately. That's the fucking plot. You nailed it. You just hit it. You got the plot right there. It's that the the kid is not aware that he's playing the dad's life, but he is playing the dad's life. And I think we get rid of the entire the dad being supportive. Fuck that. The dad hates this. And he has to learn to like come together with his son. And now it's become a Disney film. Now it's a Disney film. Yeah, All yeah, right, yeah. now it's a Disney film. Now we can do a lot more with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we've got we've got room because we've got money. Mm-hmm. So, f- firstly, Frank is right. Keanu Reeves will be in this film no matter what the casting is. Mm-hmm. Could um, it be that maybe it starts out like a normal kind of game? I'm like raising a, my right hand, Gaster. Oh, I'm sorry. Gaster in chat says if you have telekinesis, raise your right hand. I don't think that's how that goes, Gaster. I think it's raise my right hand, but it's okay. Um, no, I, I, ra- I raised my right hand with telekinesis. Oh, okay. Um, I will say, how about it starts out normal, so he's just, like, messing with small things in the dad's life. Like, maybe a driver cuts him off, and then all of a sudden, he, like, the wheel starts moving on its own, and he starts racing through traffic. But then the son starts to, as always get into them violent video games and that's when our villain Keanu Reeves shows up. Oh man, you're you're going you're going against the grain here turning Keanu into a villain. Oh yeah, but I mean it, I think it'd be good. I'd like it. A villainous Keanu with just a mustache and that's it. And he's a sentient video game. I was just going to say he's the villain of the video game, but... He's a sentient video game. But he is, he is video game. Yes. Okay. No, 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 that's what it is. The, um, one day, the dad goes into his room and he's upset with the son about being on video games all the time, pulls out the cartridge, because apparently this is the 90s again, throws it at the ground, and is like, come outside with me. You're going to, you're going to house jail. (laughs) Yep, this is house jail. (laughs) Welcome to house jail. But, like, as the door closes, you hear that as it zooms in on the uh, cartridge that starts to shoot lightning all over it. And then Keanu Reeves pops out. And now it's their job to capture Keanu Reeves and put him back in the game. Mm -hmm, Because, like, that's what happens. Like, the son inadvertently releases Keanu from his imprisonment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the the cartridge is from, like, some time long ago where they still had cartridges. Um, they do bring up in chat that it could be a Switch cartridge, but no, Those no, no, Those things no. are tiny, boy. Yeah, no, no, no. Keanu Reeves couldn't fit in a Switch cartridge. Are you kidding me? That's an N64 at best situation you're working with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, how does... How does... Do the rules of the video game take over into the real life now. So, like, can the dad get super buff and turn into John Cena just by eating some chicken? Like, he just eats some raw chicken and he's become John Cena. I don't know, but he's gonna have to make that yum sound from Gauntlet. 
Yes. Um, Blake, are we making Pixels 2 at this point? No, we haven't. Maybe we are. We might be. What was Pixels about? Oh, yeah. Adam Sandler's the dad. Adam Sandler's definitely the dad, but when he gets a power-up, he turns into John Cena. Yep. (laughs) Which is basically just his Shazam. Yes, he Shazams into John Cena, or does the boy turn into John Cena? We've got to explore every angle here, Blake. Yeah, no, the boy turns into Shazam. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. The dad does not want to play the game. He's like, this is a game? I'm out. I don't want to be in the game. I think I'm exactly quoting the Jumanji trailer right now, but I don't care. And the dad's like, I'm not playing the game, I'm not playing the game. The son runs up, and he's got, like, armor. He is definitely John Cena, and starts fighting off against Keanu Reeves, who definitely has, like, mental powers, and shoots purple beams everywhere, and he's still dressed like John Wick, just with a single mustache. Mm-hmm. And... But a single half a mustache. A single half a mustache. And then, like... Keanu still gets the upper edge because he evolves to his next level. And finally, the dad looks over at his son. He's like, you could do all that. He's like, yeah, from video games. Because video games, dad. He's like, Because, well, dad, you just have to believe it. You gotta believe. And then he turns into Naruto. <laughs> yeah. You gotta believe it, dad. Come on, dad. You just gotta believe in yourself. Now I'm gonna Shinobi run. Look at my hands. And that's what the dad looks over and goes, it looks like this game just became two players. And then they clasp hands. And uh, that's when our training montage begins of, like, having to teach the dad how to video game properly. Mm -hmm. Now, do we do this through forcing him how to play? Forcing him to learn how to play video games? Or is it... Having to use, like, real-life stuff. Or maybe there is a video game character who came into the... Now they're using the ability to their advantage and are bringing, like, Doc from Fight Out into the... Punch-Out into the real world. And he's training the dad on how to become a new, better fighter. Yeah. No, they have to go into the video game world. Well, now this is just Wreck-It Ralph 3. Blake, we've remade Wreck-It Ralph Pixels, um... I think an episode of Gravity Falls, like, there's a solid, solid bunch of shit we're stealing from right now. I think, I think this is maybe just a popular thing right now, going into the video games. Yeah, but this isn't, we're going the opposite. We're coming out of the video games. Oh, so it's all, it's a rehab program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, ne- then we're definitely making Wreck-It Ralph if we come out of the video games and we're having to teach the villains to be good. Yeah. No, okay. maybe, maybe it is just playing video games. Yeah, okay, so the dad has been fixed, and the dad's now trained up. He looks like The Rock and John Cena. They're teaming up, finally, in this hit film, Hobbs and Shaw 2, Pixel Harder. Mm-hmm. Hobbs so, and Shaw 2, Hobbs' little brother. Hobbs and Shaw 2, hob, hobbling along. So, oh, also, by the way, did see the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw recently, and uh, fan favorite of WWE, Roman Reigns, does hit his finishing move in the movie, which is all I needed to know to go see Hobbs and Shaw. 
Um, I saw the trailer for it before uh, Spider-Man today. It was very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just buck wild enough that it's like, all right, I'll watch it. Would you like to know some of the cameos in Pixels? Because Ronald Reagan has a cameo in Pixels, and I don't know how they pulled that off. Uh, um, it's not hard. <laughs> you just get a video of him. No, no, they big... just called Ronald Reagan. Pixels received negative reviews from critics. I'm just looking into the future for how the critics review our film. The website Critical Consistence reads, Much like the worst arcade games from the era that inspired it, Pixels has little replay value and is hardly worth a quarter. Okay. You know, maybe because ours is like console-based stuff, then, you know, we'll have a... uh, We'll have a... Uh, an edge on shittiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, you gotta bring out the Rumble Pack in the final battle. They bring out the Rumble Pack. Maybe the Rumble Pack is how they capture Keanu Reeves and put him back in his game. Yeah, like, they gotta add the Rumble Pack in because they didn't have enough memory. Yeah. <laughs> yes! The kid can't remember how the video game ends, and he's like, wait, let me throw this Rumble Pack up in my dome piece real quick. Like, oh, shit, I could play DK64 now. I'm happy me and you have the same exact reference point for the Rumble Pack, which is DK64, and that's it. Because I couldn't it. play DK64 for a month because I didn't have the goddamn Rumble Pack. <laughs> and then I played DK64, and it wasn't a great game. It's alright. Okay, so our final battle, Keanu Reeves is up there. The father and son are now working together. I, I want to pitch an idea. And I want you to tell me how you feel about it. Do we want to put Keanu back in his game? Or do we want to put the giant evil Keanu man in Cooking Mama? And now he's forced to cook for the rest of his life. Yeah, we put him in Cooking Mama. He goes in Cooking Mama. Oh yeah, that, that'd be like the fun joke. Is like, they. I, I, I'm, I'm picturing like a Ghostbusters ghost trap situation for this. Where they throw it out and then he gets sucked up into it. And the dad's like, you put the cartridge in, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. And then he looks down at his hand and it's still in his hand. He's like, oh no. And then they pull out Cooking Mama. Cooking Mama 64. Well, I could never play Cooking Mama again. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. Is there... Okay, okay. The family's poor. They can only afford an N64. That's it. But Keanu Reeves wants to get the abilities of, like, newer consoles where more violent and powerful things are able to happen on them. So now he's sucking the power out of all of the consoles, and then he becomes, like, Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat and can transform into anybody he wants. And the edge that he gets at one point is when he goes full ob- odd job on them and starts running out and capping them in the knees. Mm-hmm. And that's when the Kree uh, shapeshifters come in. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 it's illegal to shapeshift here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it's not Kree, it's, um, is it Kree? I don't think it's Kree, it's the scrolls. Did the scrolls? I thought the Kree did shapeshifting too. Like, this can't be an MCU podcast. I'm sorry, you can start up MCUB on your own time if you want. But anyways, he then turns into a scroll. 
It is the Skrulls that shapeshift because they got the bi- they got the pointy ears. Yeah, Captain Marvel was a Cree until she was like, "Hey, my people kind of suck ass," and stopped being a Cree. I guess. Oh, by the way, I'm I am kind of human, so sorry. By the way, I'm not Cree. <laughs> so, so then they. I think that was good. They kill Keanu. They trap him inside Cooking. Oh, they don't Mama. kill him. He's still around. Yeah, yeah. He well, he's in Cooking Mama, and that's in the sequel. He comes back and he's like chunked up a bit. Well, yeah, that's the that's the after credit scene. He eats all the delicious cakes. So it's almost like a reform of him as well. It's reforming him. He's cooking Keanu. Yeah, yeah. Keanu Mama. Um. Frank has brought up the general premise of this podcast. He goes, I'd like to point out this entire film came from a guy that sells bootleg game merch who took his kid out of school to get him Fortnite lessons. Uh, see, we we took that a long way, and I'm proud of what we did. That's who we are. This is a load of BS, but what's the name of the Keanu, the Keanu Cooking Mama movie? Um... Cartridge Wars. Cartridge Wars or... Sons and Fathers. Um, can I make a suggestion? Mm-hmm. Ready Player Two. <laughs> oh, God. And the poster has the dad and the son's hands hooking up as they come together for Ready Player Two. Oh, it could be a sequel. It could be, um, Homeboy from Ready Player One, but now he's old and jaded and don't like video games anymore because... He basically Willy Wonka at the end and got everything, so now he doesn't like it anymore. But the, his son loves it. He's like, Dad, why don't you play with me? Why don't you play with me, Dad? Dad, play with me. Dad, play with me. And he's like, oh, no! No, so, listen. The only game left is Fortnite. And he throws the fucking console on the ground, and then from within it comes Keanu fucking Reeves. There you go. And the, see, the dad now, like, since he's player one, he knows who Keanu is, because he trapped him all those years ago. Yeah! He's, um, I don't know, some character that was introduced between Ready Player... That's for the manga? The <laughs> Ready Player 1.5? Yep, that's for, that's for the DS game. That's the DS... <laughs> hey, you detective Ready Player One! <laughs> Oh my god, so we've made Ready Player 2 the greatest film of all time, specifically about Fortnite dances. But now, Blake, if we're gonna afford it, if we're gonna truly afford to play and make this beautiful movie game, we gotta go to the Shell Station, baby! Ding, ding, buddy, beep, beep, chunk. That's the sound of my games. <laughs> In a world where you're completely and totally naked. And you're just searching for something to place upon your body. (laughs) (laughs) You providing my foley work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Boom! There's only one place you could go. And that is merch.aloadofpurebs.com. <laughs>
I didn't press that. It was that. all started by these two brothers who weren't really brothers at all. But they liked to say it. It sounded cooler than friends. Brothers in merchandising, where they give you shirts. And not pants, but shirts. But cups? We got cups! We're in a world where cups are outlawed. Two oh my men. god, what do I drink this out of? <laughs> Use your hands. Use your hands, Karen! <laughs> Two men stand up to fight for justice. Ladies and gentlemen of the world, we got cups! And they're insulated. It's the fucking scene. I think, I'm fairly sure it's from Fury Road where they release the water, except it's just cups shooting down at people. Everybody's like standing up trying to catch them and they're getting hit in the head with cups because yeah. these are metal cups. They're very solid cups. And if you want some, you can get it at merch.loadofpurebs.com in addition to some super awesome shirts, posters, whatever you want. We got it at merch.loadofpurebs.com. But Blake, what if what if these people are just nice? What if they don't need merchandise? What if they don't need any extras for giving us money? Where can they go? In a world Tell where, me! In Dad! a world where... I'm tr- God damn it. Well, Peach... Scott... Damn it. Scotty, the, um... The the voiceover guy left, so um, oh, Patreon.com so, oh, slash <laughs> was, was that what the noise was? <laughs> yeah, that was him um, stomping away. <laughs> so go to Patreon.com slash a load of BS. You can support us, all the great things that we do. You can chip in a little bit um, and help us hire a new voiceover guy because the old one's gone. Yeah, although Frank does bring up at one point they're catching the cups with bowls. And then they're just like, yes, tiny bowls. But yeah, Patreon.com. There's a guy that says, why couldn't we just drink out of the bowls? (laughs) Fuck you, Frank. Pop! And then, of course, Patreon.com slash a load of BS is where you can support the BS boys. Give us some of the monetary funds that we love to help keep the show running smoothly. And you get exclusive pork. You get exclusive pork. Fried, baked, however you want it. We got pork. I bought a big pack of bacon from Sam's Club today. See... I don't want to say it, because then it's the joke that everyone says it. I'm trying to be vegan, although I've had milk twice today. <laughs> uh, you, you're starting out real strong, bud. That's fine. It's not like I drank a big old glass of that mood juice. It's just I had something that contained milk, so it's fine. And that was a cake. Hey, you know that also contains eggs. No, not this one. <laughs> Meanwhile, cut to me opening the cake, and there's a boiled egg in the middle of it. No, there's not exit this at all. Nope. Patreon.com slash a load of BS. You get access to our Discord. Shout it out on the show of your choice every single week. Like my mom and dad, the Patreon Saints, and of course the first mate of the BS Salty Frank of the Seven Seas. If you want to join them, you can at Patreon.com slash a load of BS. And in addition to all that, you get access to me and Blake's exclusive show. You paid for this where we watch... Just the worst shit on the planet. And then commentate over it. We've done Ready to Rumble, Nothing But Trouble. Which, by the way, we should... I mean, 
we can't get sued if we make a really dope shirt that says nothing but trouble, right? So, I mean... No, I don't feel like that phrase is copyrightable. Oh, shit. We're going to make some nothing but trouble merch for merch.loadedpurebs.com. And, yeah, you get... Uh, Just call it butt trouble. Butt trouble. I feel like we've made that joke. And also, we're well, very... Well, that's also um, what my weekend has been like. <laughs> And also, very soon, we're going to be releasing an episode where we watch the great, great Nicky Cage film, Ghost Rider. And if you want that, go to patreon.com slash a load of BS. Ladies and gentlemen, the following event is scheduled for one clusterfuck. And is set to occur in Birmingham, Alabama. Introducing first, he is... The bearded man from the Badlands, the absolute Badlands, Scotty Moore! And in the other corner, sporting the modest, plaid on plaid on plaid, the man with the plaid crown, the plaid is plaid on the plaid, the man who knows nothing about wrestling and everything about plaid, Blake Tenor! I'm sorry, was I supposed to do something there? I thought this was just you two. Oh, no, yeah, no, that's Dylan. Hey, and Dylan. Then, and we are the Fight Boys, and it's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. Make sure to check us out, because when you're a Fight Boy, you're a Fight Boy for life! So it's my turn, isn't it? It's your turn, Blakey T. I brought to the table the greatest film of all time, which combines the worst films of all time. Well, Scotty, I'm, I'm, you set out to make the greatest film of all time. I'm going to set out to make the worst film of all time. Okay. Um, because I'm taking the template from the already existing worst film of all time. Pe- a lot of people sleep on because it's followed, it follows the greatest film of all time. The Room. Um, The Room, yep. Um, and, well, a little context, Scotty. It's July right now, and you know what that means. It's... Time to start celebrating the holiday that's in a few months, Christmas. <laughs> okay. I was like, are we doing Independence Day resurgence? Are we doing Born on the Fourth of July? Where's he going with this? Because, Scotty, we're going to make a holiday special. Okay. And... I'm just reminded how horrible the Star Wars holiday special is. Oh, fuck! And I know what new holiday special we need. It'll get all of your favorites, all your great characters, everyone you love, because we're going to make an MCU holiday special. Damn it! Okay. So, Tony Stark. Wait, fuck. Um... All right, yeah, there's going to be spoilers, by the way, so if you haven't seen Endgame, just oh, get Oh, there's going to be Endgame after this, so there's going to be Far From Home spoilers. It's Don't listen to the rest of this show if you've made it this far. Yep. Um. So, here we go. Tony's dead. Peter Parker walks out on his back porch, and he sees Iron Man, and he's dead. And then he puts on the Iron Man suit, and then an elf shows up, and is like, You're the new Iron Man. <laughs> Except instead of an elf, it's just happy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's happy in an elf costume. Yes. Abs- Firstly, I know we're trying to make this bad, but there's no way you can make a bad movie that has John Favreau in a fucking elf costume. I just want to see John Favreau in an elf costume. <laughs> 
Okay. So, can I make a suggestion? And it's the fact that I don't want this to be... I don't want this to take place on Earth. And it might be because this is my favorite MCU film. I kind of want it to take place at the Grandmaster's fucking headquarters from Thor Ragnarok. So it's Nicolas Cage playing all the great... Actually, not Nicolas Cage. I'm sorry, Jeff Goldblum. I got my... I got my old tan mixed up. <laughs> Wait, can we have Nicolas Cage in it? Who would Nicolas Cage play in the MCU? Um, so, Loki puts on a play. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, no, 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 no. Okay. Nicolas Cage is there the whole time as some random guy, then at the end he turns and the horns grow out and he turns into Loki. Loki. All right, so it's got to start out. Someone's got to be bad. Someone's got to be being bad, and then we can make it like a Christmas Carol thing where the ghosts of the dead Avengers visit them. Okay, see, I like this idea. My idea, before we get into yours, because that's definitely the route we're going, was going to be the Grandmaster's Variety Special, where, like, Thor comes up and he, like, plays a rock song, and then, like, the Grandmaster does his own, like... He plays, like, uh, the the Bells song on a guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, there's a point where, like, Grandmaster's just like... Well, uh, who's that at the door? Oh, it looks look here, fellow uh, fellow members of what the fuck is the planet called? Tiberia? I don't know. Shit. Life uh, finds a way. Life finds a way. Yeah, it's our good friend the raccoon. <laughs> and Rocket Raccoon comes and he's like, "If you could please stop calling me the raccoon, <laughs> I have a name." Also, I don't know what Christmas is. Why don't I just shorten it? I could call you the coot. No, stop right there. Raccoon's fine. Just call me Raccoon. There's no way you can shorten this. And that's how Disney got a bad, a red card. That's how Disney got a bad. Okay. Oh. I mean, really, when you think about it, Spider-Man Far From Home really is like a Christmas carol, but he's visited by the ghost of Tony Stark, consistently reminding him, You'll never be as good as me, you fuck! Put on these glasses, you little asshole! Listen here, you piece of shit. You're the only one I had. (laughs) I gave you these glasses for a fucking reason, Peter! I swear to Christ! Peter, you didn't read the back of the card. It says, find the next, for the next Iron Man. And then on the back of the card it says, it's my daughter. Wait until she's old enough. Please, for the love of God. I do love the people who, when they were, like, the trailer came out and they were talking about a multiverse, the millions of people who were like, they confirmed there's a multiverse in the MCU! And I'm like, Europe, No. Anyone else could say that sentence and I'd believe them. But Mysterio just said it. So fuck right the hell off. Yep. You don't believe anything, Mysterio. Scotty, we're just talking about Far From Home now. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's get back to the Christmas special. Who is our... I don't want him to be... Man, I hate that Loki's dead. Because I want it to be Loki. Yeah, it'd be great if Loki was alive. Maybe... Damn it, now we're... Okay, let's get into Far From Home spoilers. Well... Because Nick Fury is where the fuck ever he is. Well, hold on, can we also just say... What the fuck, Marvel? Why have you just started to kill... Every villain ever? Because they had Mysterio, who was dope as fuck. 
Dead. Killmonger. Dope as fuck. Dead. Loki. Dead. Red Skull. Still fucking alive somewhere. <laughs> that's because that's called the. Oh man, we got really good and like high budget actors for these. Yeah. Whoops. We're not gonna pay for them to come back. We could we could afford old Tom Hiddlebone because he was cheap when we first got him. Uh huh. Oh yeah, Captain America. We just picked his ass up from the ground after he was in that Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Um. Um. We could. Uh, I. I'm having trouble thinking about who it is because all of the bad people are dead. Now that I'm thinking about did it, you you're see right. My point? All the bad... I was like Loki, maybe. Nope. Mysterio. Nope. Someone's got to be turning bad. Who's a hero that's just shitty? Wait a minute. So, we're gonna have to rewrite Endgame a little bit. Okay. Fucking Natasha Black Widow shows up in Japan and is like, Clint, you've killed a lot of Asian people. He's like, no, it's just, I'm killing whoever's bad. He's like, but now you're saying the Asian people are bad. No, that's not what I meant. She's like, come with me, rejoin the Avengers. And I think that's when he says yes. At this point in our version, he says no, and he goes to sleep in an Asian brothel, as all great Christmas Carol parodies begin. So you're telling, so this is taking place during Endgame. It's, it takes place during Endgame, and it's how Hawkeye gets his groove back. It's how uh, Clint Barton gets taken back to the Avengers, because I guess we now have to do dead people because it's all ghosts. Yeah. So Who, who are our ghosts? We gotta narrow it down to three ghosts. Loki. Loki is deaf over there. Um, I was gonna say, like, Red Skull as the ghost of Christmas future. Actually, that works really fucking well now that I'm saying it out loud. It does, because it's gonna be the one that's like... He's the one that says, no. Spirit, spirit, will I have to sacrifice myself to get the soul stone to make up for everything I did? And he's like, yeah, dude, you you totally are. Like, except while they're talking, Black Widow just kind of like, fall, accidentally trips and falls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of like actually sacrificing herself. Hey. <laughs> it's like, whoops. Never mind, here you go. Um. Okay, so Loki is the ghost of Christmas present Mm -hmm. red skull is the ghost of christmas future which makes perfect sense who is the ghost of clint barton's past who did hawkeye just really fuck over in the past and can now return who did wait a minute Um, okay hold on is the snap technically death for th- all intents and purposes at this point, yes. So are there ghosts of the people who got snapped? Yeah, except they're real ashy. They're real ashy. Um, okay, so who got snapped that Clint would have an attachment to? I don't know if there's one. Maybe Nick Fury. Okay, hold on. No, no, no. The um, What's the guy? the guy who comes in at the beginning and tells him you're going to be visited? Um, Ichabod Crane or whatever the fuck his name yeah, is. Yeah, Ichabod. That's Nick Fury who pimps. Yeah. Who pimps in and is like, listen, motherfucker, get your shit together. 
Get it together, Cliff. And that's the one fuck. Not only that's the one fuck they use in the entire MCU. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait it's for like, it to drop. Hawkeye. I can't wait for that one fuck to drop because I'm pumped for it. Actually, he just screams, "What the fuck are you doing, motherfucker?" And it's he's taking the fucks from previous Marvel movies <laughs> and using them. It's like the scene at the end of Endgame where all the heroes come back through the portals, except it's all the fucks they haven't given yet. There's a lot of fucks. So Nick is gonna be our first ghost who just tells him, "Like you gonna be visited by three motherfucking ghosts at Christmas." He's like, it's not Christmas, Nick. <laughs> and as he disappears, he's, where are my shoes? Where are, <laughs> where is my super suit? <laughs> okay, so Nick leaves. Who is our first ghost that comes in? Um. Okay, I'm gonna look up a list. Who's that? F- oh wait, who's the speedy boy that he let di- that died for him? The speedy boy he let die for him. Now who's this? Sp- oh I can't shit! Wait a speed- minute. Did did um Quicksilver save Hawkeye? I think he saved Hawkeye and Natasha in um Ultron. I think I I saw the film once, and that was enough. That one wasn't. It's better now that you can watch it in context. But yeah. Yeah. So okay, definitely Quicksilver, and he has to relive that. And then he's just like, yeah, I'll let you die. You should have lived. You should have lived. And this is him getting past his guilt of, like, I should have been the one to go, not Natasha, which will come into play later in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Not, like, uh, this person, not this person. And then Quicksilver's like, no, no, no. If I did not... It, it, what was he, French? If I did not die, my friend. That was Swato. Definitely Eastern European. Oh, he's like Russian. That's right. He's like, if I did not die, you would. None of this would have happened. And then he shows, like, because of the sacrifices, Clint got to live on and like save someone from this or save someone from this. And it shows him, like, oh well, I guess I did do something good then, but now I'm worth. And then it shows him killing a lot of Japanese people. And then, uh, then Loki pimps in after that. Cause, yeah, cause he still feels guilt about, like, I've not saved the people that I need to save. And then Loki pimps in, just like, do you know how much I've fucked up? I've fucked up a lot! You know what I just realized? We're given, we're given some characters who didn't have so much screen time their screen yeah, time. Yeah, baby! We're giving it what, giving the people what they need! We're giving it to him because I bet everyone wanted Hawkeye to be the main character of something. Oh yeah. Oh, you mean um former co-host of Fun Fiction, Brenna Clark, who wanted Hawkeye to be a main character of something. Oh, uh, he's got a good character. He just like shoots arrows. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he goes through that. Loki comes in and explains to him like, "It's okay that you fucked up. What matters is that you need to live on." To do something good with yourself. I did that eventually. And then it shows like, hey. I did it for two seconds. I did it for two whole seconds. And then um, and then cut to finally Red Skull who comes in and is just like, this is what will come to you. And it just shows like a skull. But it doesn't show it to being red. It's just like a black and white skull. So everyone's like, oh, death comes for him. No, no, no. It's the Red Skull coming for him. Exactly. And, you know, then he says, 
he points and he says, this is a vision of your future. And it's the, the soul stone precipice. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And that shows like why he fights so much in this version is he's trying to fight to save Natasha. Actually, could no, 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 no. Could it be because like this whole thing is based around the fact that if Clint's not there, it, it's almost based around this concept of we joke about the fact that Hawkeye is not that much of an important character. And that's how Hawkeye feels in this movie. Ah. And so at the end, Red Skull looks at him and it's just like, if you don't want to go back, that's perfectly fine. But you do have to look forward to this. And then shows Natasha jumping off of the edge of the precipice and dying. And he's like, this is the future. And then... And she's doing it alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 not even that. He's just saying, this is the future. And so Hawkeye's like, I have to go back. Because he thinks he can change it, but he really can't. Um, It's a fixed point, Hawkeye. I showed it to you, you piece of shit. And then Hawkeye runs into Avengers headquarters like, Hello, everybody! Christmas has come! He points at, he points at like, Cap or so, and he says, You boy, what day is it? <laughs> it's the day we go back and save the world. You're damn right it is! And then they just hustle around. Yep. Hey, Ant-Man, it's good to see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh shit, Hulk! Look at you. You're 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 you? different, <laughs> Hulk. What? Hey, Thor. You okay? Mm-hmm. I've been there, brother. He's just like Thor. You've had some emotional problems, and if we had a longer film, we would get to explore them. But people on the internet don't understand that this was a three-hour film already. And I'm also just gonna make an uncalled for fat joke. Yeah. <laughs> Look, as somebody who went through, like, his own bout of super depression and anxiety when I didn't save the world from Thanos and then got chubby, I'm fine with a few fat jokes trying to get me back where I need to be. All right. We didn't, we've never discussed this, I don't think, how, my opinion on that. Because, like, they're a group of warriors. It's like, it's like army bros hanging out and they will talk some vicious shit to each other. But at the end of the day, they're all brothers. Like, to... It's just real weird how, like, they don't, set, like, they just kind of throw it in there, and it's not really, like, nothing really seems to be like, you should work out some more, eat a salad. Like, why would you just, like, do that? You've got a lot bigger things to deal with. See, the thing with Thor's mom is the fact that she would go die that day, so, like, the last thing she's saying to her son, like, eat a salad... Is it coming from a place of like, ha you fatty McFat fat? It's coming from a place of genuine like, I'm your mom and I want my son to be the best that he is. And Thor is very much aware in that moment he's not in the best shape and he knows that he's fucked up extremely. So his mom's just telling him like, take care of yourself. But there's two billion better ways to say that than to say eat a salad. Like, she could have just said take care of yourself, son. Be better like I know you can be. Not eat a fucking salad. It's still an MCU film for children, though. Like, it's still... Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Like, you can throw in a funny fucking joke somewhere else. Like, that's a real moment between a son and a mother. Yeah, I don't I just know. don't like, like it, it, it kind of just ruins the fact that they were supposed to have, like, this really good relationship. I just want to say, everyone I've seen who's offended at Fat Thor are skinny. I'm just saying. 
Us fat people were like, I get it and I'm fine with it. I'm not offended because I'm not fat. I'm offended because um, I kind of had a, like, that kind of catty relationship with my parents growing up. And it kind of fucking hurts when someone says that. So let's move on. I've got the same shit, dude. And guess what? I'm catty back to them. That's the thing. That's the relationship Thor has as a warrior. Is That's the kind of relationship he has. Thor's not the kind not of... healthy. It is for him, though. It helps him become stronger. Like, with me, I don't, I don't like people coming to me and being like, hey, you need to calm down and, like, do this. I want people to, like, fucking slap me upside the head. And that's what Thor needed. Like, but anyways. I, I don't think so. So we're going to have to, like, just, just agree to disagree on that. Well, Blake, I have to ask you. And I think we both agree on this. What was awesome this week? I mean, we watched the Spider-Man movie, and it was real good. It was very, very good. Now, do you agree with everyone on the internet who said better than Homecoming, better than most MCU films? I don't know that I would even say it was better than most MCU films. I would say it was a good, like... I would say it was at least as good as Homecoming, and probably a little better, because I got to you got to see a lot of, like, Peter's development as a character by himself. And he's just a funny motherfucker. He's just real funny. Like his, he he brings art to awkwardness. Yeah, like it's not a me and Dylan last week while we were in Daytona, we're talking about the Office and the fact that we don't like. We're not a fan of how awkward the Office is. Like if we want to feel uncomfortable, we'll just talk to ourselves. And so, but Tom Holland brings like a. A, a real niceness to awkwardness. It's it's an appealing awkkwardness, not a weird. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this awkwardness. And well, that's because what he's I, a, he's like tries to be like genuine in all of it. Oh and yeah, I think yeah, that's what it is. Like the, he's not. Uh, I the don't best know way I it, could describe it is from our theater class, which was don't wink at the audience. Be mm-hmm. genuine in what you're doing, and Tom Holland does it 100. percent Yep. I feel like they went really ham on the MJ-Peter relationship in this one to a point of almost like, this is a lot more than what I was wanting, but also it was it was probably the first time in an MCU film I really saw super romance played out. Like that pining kind of thing. Not like a Steve Rogers Peggy, like that, that high school, I don't know if they like me or not thing. Yeah, this was probably the best that um, I had seen a romance, like, develop, even yeah. though there wasn't, like, if there was a lot of development on Peter's side, and MJ was just like, yeah, no, I did like you, He, you just had to, like, I just kind of wanted to hide it a little bit, but since you asked... Did you want... Okay, f- let's talk about Mysterio, because I loved how they did Mysterio, where it wasn't just one guy, it was a group of motherfuckers. Yes, I also love their motivation, but, like, when... Um, like, when they announced it was Mysterio, like, knowing what I know from Mysterio in the comics, I was like, gonna be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Gonna be the bad oh, guy yeah, right yeah. there. The first trailer where they showed Mysterio and he was like, I'm going to help you save it. All of like the elementals. I'm like, that ain't real. That ain't real. That's not fucking real. Um, and the fact that they were all, um, former Stark employees, like was really good. My, uh, my personal favorite was, um, the tweet I sent out after the movie, which was me every time Mysterio fucking spoke during Far From Home. 
Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? <laughs> like every time, like after we got out of the film, I looked at Emily and I was like, "So did you know anything about Mysterio before this?" And she went, "Oh, I had no idea who he was." And I'm like, "Oh, you got to really enjoy it then." Yep, I um I went to see the movie with uh someone and as we were watching it, she like she doesn't know much about comics in general. She knows a little bit about the MCU. And as soon as, like, things were in motion where you've re- like, right before you are, you're supposed to have the realization, she's like, oh, I don't feel good about this at all. Are you talking about when, like, he gives him the glasses? Yeah, like, right before when they're in the bar talking, like, right before he even pulled the glasses out, she's like, I don't, I got some bad vibes about him. And, <laughs> well, the film also sets you up for it because, like, that's right after they kill the last elemental, and anyone in that theater could easily look and be like, "There's a lot more of this film left. Who's the actual? Who's the actual bad guy?" Oh no! <laughs> well, I had ha- I hadn't had the movie spoiled for me, but I had um, and spoilers obviously, but I had it spoiled that um, you know uh, Nick Fury and um, oh, the, what the, is her name? Oh, Maria Hill. Yes. But, um, that they were scrolls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, we didn't even stay for that, because I was like, I can read and see everything I needed to get out of that. So I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the But, like, I, I knew that, and so when I was like, we had an hour left, it's like, are they gonna team up to fight the scrolls now? Well, no, you saw Captain Marvel, right? Scrolls are good dudes. Or, no, I mean the, um, not the scrolls, the Kree. Oh, okay, like the Kree come in or some shit? Yeah, it's like, are the, are the scrolls there for a reason? Uh, let me just say my one, firstly, the film started out really, really slow, which is one of the disappointing things for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the really, here's what I really wanted out of it, because the scene where Mysterio gets Peter in the illusion, and there's that, like, beautiful fight scene that ends with Peter getting hit by a fucking train. train. Yeah, that whole sequence was absolutely beautiful. I wanted more of that in the final fight. Like, essentially, what I wanted in that final fight was, like, everyone else to be out of the illusion and Mysterio to be focusing the illusion completely on Peter and him not fully being into what is, to us, Spidey sense, but the Peter tingle. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the tingle. Yeah, so I wanted a lot more illusion of Spider-Man so you could have that cut between, like, keep them, like, going into the vault, fighting off against the drones, but I didn't want the end of this movie to be nothing but a bunch of drones fighting. <laughs> that was rough for me, because I'm like... Uh, I, I ended up... I liked the drone sequence just because of it was just very well animated, and it's good. it was good to watch. Yeah. Um, but, like... The the fight scenes between Spidey and Mysterio, like when they got into the the hallway where the final fight was, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they were just like rotating around it and shit. I thought that was very good. Anything outside was fine. I, I just wanted like it just it did just feel like he was beating up the MacGuffins for a few sequences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, with me, I'm like you're fighting the illusion villain. Why is the finale of the film not you? beating the illusion after like a very beautiful sequence as opposed to the illusions up but i don't care fight the mcguffins i will say what i did really like however was the mysterio on the ground 
and then you hear the gunshot and Peter looks over like no. Yep. So that that was a very good. I wanted more Loki bullshit out of him, but there wasn't. I mean, because he's human, there's not that. It's not that easy to do a lot of Loki bullshit with him, but still. Yep. Um, what uh, was I going to say? While you think of that, I will say my favorite, probably my favorite scene, the scene that truly gave me the Mysterio vibes I wanted, was when he had the whole team in the theater basically calling back to the fact that he was an actor in the comics and having him walk around and being like, no, this person needs to come through here. Now let's get the drones. Now turn it up to this. And basically choreographing everything and becoming the director that we know he yeah. is. I love that when they were playing around with, like, they were just in there and the fact that he was able to, sh- like, Mysterio showed off, oh, I still have complete control over these. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But... I liked a lot of Mysterio's designs. I honestly, though, um, thinking about it, it was weird seeing Jake Gyllenhaal, who is much more restricted as an actor. Like, he's very, I don't want to say low energy in a bad way, but he's very, like, close in his acting. Yeah. That he brought that a lot of that, especially when he was playing Mysterio. Oh, yeah, it but was he, great. Yeah. He felt, like, almost too... I don't want to say he didn't have too much of a character, but he didn't have as much of a an MCU style character that I think would be a good for a multi movie thing. Yeah, like it. It was it was weird watching him and his like a really good acting style, but he just everything he did was always close, and sometimes he would get intense, but he wouldn't be turning it up to eleven. Are you talking about when he was playing the character of? Um... Oh God! What was the what's what's Mysterio's real name? Uh, for, uh, Quint- Quentin. Quint- when he's playing the character of Quentin, that's what he wanted because he wanted to be that quiet, subdued character. That way, Peter would kind of grow attached to him to be like, "Oh, I like this guy." Yeah, no doubt. I I just think that though, like even when he is his crazy, like, villain alter ego, it's not that big of a jump away from what he was doing as Mysterio. Also, I love the fact that... Okay, two things I love. One, you never find out his actual fucking name, which I love. Oh, yeah. He's just the barf guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And also, I love the fact... That, yeah, they go back to scenes from the MCU and be like, oh, yeah, this person was here. This person was here. This is why this was utilized. Stuff like that. Yep. Um, did you catch the moment, and I really love this, when um, Happy picks Peter up in the jet. And he opens up, it's like, we got the suit design station. And Peter goes on, like, full, he goes full Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Like, designing his suits. And then Happy's looking, like, so proud, thinking, man, Tony would be proud. Hold on, I gotta get them. You you handle that, I'll handle the music. And he starts playing Back, back in Black. Oh, are you talking about the time I cried? Yeah, homeboy, when Back in Black started up, I was like, no! You motherfucker! My favorite part was Peter looks up and he says, oh yeah, I love Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, also, Frank brings up that every supervillain Peter has ever fought is Tony's fault. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of Tony's character, though, was, like, fucking up literally everything. And that's kind of what 
Spider-Man's whole arc has been is cleaning up Iron Man's mess. Yeah, 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 while still being in full love with Iron Man. But now we've talked so much, I do want to finally ask your reaction to the mid-credit scene. God damn, I I knew that they it, the MCU had never fails to give a good hook for the next goddamn movie. And the fact that Mysterio like the last thing that he did, that he probably... I don't know if Mysterio planned it or, like, if the rest of his posse did yeah. um, before he left or before he died. Um, the fact that they discredit and expose Spider-Man was the fucking Well, best. it's also putting him fully into what the comic nerds know of that version of Spider-Man, which is the city thinks he's a menace, and I loved it. Because that's that was the ultimate in escalation. Because it was, Spider-Man's shot me, he's calling the order, he's trying to get the drones, I, I've shut him off, but I'm trying to do what I can, but Spider-Man's done this. And that was the point where I was like, why is everyone freaking out? I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good hook, I guess. Also, he's Peter Parker. Oh, fuck! first escalation, and then you hear the dulcet tones of Spider-Man! <laughs> and, uh, and then you see fucking J. Jonah Jameson in all his glory! It's like, he's a menace! Oh, that was that was the one I was like, fuck yes, I don't care what any other of the scenes are, we're leaving. Oh, uh, yeah. The last one was kind of weird, though, because it I, the la- the final credit scene... I've, I've watched it, but I just didn't watch it in the theater. It, like, the mid credit scene sets up for the next Spider-Man movie. Right. The end credit scene sets up for the next fucking whatever's cut, whatever they call it. Like, the next segment. Oh, yeah, the next phase, basically. The next phase, that's um, it. Yeah, because you know what it is, essentially. What people are theorizing is that he's on the base of S.W.O.R.D. So, the basically the... Uh, uh, not astrological, the the space version of S.H.I.E.L.D. is what he's setting up out there, which makes... So, like, you can bring in the Ultimates, you could bring in, like, so many different things of that. Adam fucking Warlock, who definitely should be played by Keanu Reeves. Um, so, yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home. Very, very good. I honestly, though, I think I like Homecoming more. Of the Spider-Man films that have been released since... Of all the Spider-Man films, this is probably third for me. Um, well, yeah, easily, uh... Spider-Verse is number one, yes. Spider-Verse is the best, yeah. Um, but that being said, I really like Tom Holland. I think I like Tom Holland's Spider-Man, like, a lot more than I thought I would when I first saw him. Oh, no, no, no. I knew it the minute I saw him as Spider-Man that I went, yeah, he, we got it. Guys, shut it down. Shut it down. We've got our Spider-Man. It's the same thing with uh, Mark Ruffalo. When Mark Ruffalo was Banner, I'm like, okay, we've got it. We don't need it. We've got the best one. Um, um, because he's the perfect, like, young Spider-Man. Like, you see a lot of Spider-Mans who either they start out and they don't feel like they're young. They turn into, like, this super amazing hero instantly. Uh, that would be the amazing Spider-Man version. Where instead of being a nerdy little teen, he's kind of just an asshole. Or then you get a 55-year-old man like Toby Maguire. Maguire. Yep. And this is the first Spider-Man that I think is like, okay, he's a he feels like a kid. Even though Tom Holland's like 23. Yeah. 
Um, See, what, what edges out Homecoming to be my second is the fact that, yes, I cried during the Back in Black scene, and yes, the Mysterio illusion scene was amazing, but no scene in the MCU so far has topped the sheer terror and frightening anxiety I felt than the scene where Peter knocks on the door... And opening it is Michael fucking Keaton, the vulture, and he has to spend the next five minutes just, like, quietly trying to navigate around the fact that he's taking his arch-enemy's, like, daughter to prom. Yep. That's gonna be... That's That's a hard scene to beat, I think. Um, But until until the next Spider-Man, Blake, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Video on YouTube. You can find me wherever you want to. Watching Ghost Rider. No. God. And you can find me at Scotty Mo, S E O T T Y E M O, by my books on Amazon, the Quizzle Corp trilogy, BS versus the Gods. There's a really cool website I found. I think it's like Podchaser or something like that. It's a podcast rating website. And. You can set up your own profile for podcasts you've done. But, like, I've done, like, a thousand podcasts now. And I I went through and I'm like, oh, that's right, I did guest on this show. Oh, no, I guessed it on this one, too. Oh, no. And, like, having to go through and list it all was very, very cool. So check that out. Check out all the other shows online at a load of purebs.com, ladies and gentlemen. And remember to support the show, whether that be on Patreon, whether about picking up some merch, or most importantly, just leave us a review on iTunes, comment, talk to us on Twitter. We love getting feedback from you guys. So whatever you can do would help us, ladies and gentlemen. And a special, 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 special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for our theme song. They wrote it and perform it, and they're letting us use it because they are kind Scottish gents. Um, it's Ric Flair is the name of the song off their album, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. And remember to find me and Blake on Twitter at a load of pure BS, except no substitutes because we will see you next week.